What up, folks? This is your boy, the Pittsburgh Golf Hack, and you're listening to the official podcast. I'm Garen, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 7, Colonial Golf. Well, folks, spring is almost in the air here in the Berg. It's 1st of April, the Buckos are about to be back in town, and you know what that means. Golf season's right around the corner. However, that old pesky mother winter just won't let her grips off of us, and that pesky groundhog up in Punxsutawney just happened to see shadow again this year. So, looks like we got a few more weeks of some crummy weather, but I have no doubt that good weather is on its way. So before we get too far into things today, I have to make a little bit of an announcement and give a shout out to a a faithful listener out there. So you may have recalled in the last episode, I announced that the Pittsburgh Golf Hack officially had a website that's out there. However, I had not secured a domain name yet, so it was a little bit difficult to get to. But thanks to a faithful listener out in Las Vegas, Mr. Matt Sovine, Uh, Mr. Matt Sovine was so kind to actually reach out and actually help procure a domain name for the Pittsburgh Golf Hack website. So now instead of having to jump through hoops, you can go directly to the Pittsburgh Golf Hack website. It's www.pghgolfhack.com. So that'll take you straight to the website now. So again, big shout out and kudos to Mr. Sovine out in Las Vegas. Thank you much, sir. So getting back to the winter weather, since things just weren't cooperating here in the Berg, the Pittsburgh Golf Hack got a little impatient waiting on the weather to break to be able to get out and swing the golf clubs on the course. So, as luck would have it, Sir Rich and I just happened to have a weekend available at the end of March. And so we started looking for destinations where we might be able to go get the weather to cooperate, and get some reps in before the season started. We first initially set our sights on Pinehurst because we'd both been there. We knew the area, knew what we were getting into. But when we started looking at trying to drive it, it was just a little bit too much for a long weekend getaway. So we turned our sights to somewhere a little bit closer. We started looking in the Virginia regions. And as luck would have it, we stumbled upon the Williamsburg, Virginia area. Now, folks, if you have never looked at Williamsburg as a golf destination, I'm sure that you probably haven't because we were just as shocked as you will probably be to find out. Williamsburg is actually a little bit of a hot spot for golf. So, Sir Rich and I started doing a little research. We found a couple courses that caught our eye. We called, we made some tee times, and the next thing you knew, we were packing our bags and headed to Williamsburg. So today... Sir Rich and I are going to recap our trip down to Williamsburg. We're going to tell you a little bit about the golf courses we played, uh, give you a little rundown of the area and some of the things we got into, and probably not a whole lot about the golf because it left a lot to be desired on our end. Not the golf course's fault, definitely the golfers. So with that, let's kick it over to me and Sir Rich to give you the rundown. So, Rich, albeit the uh, golf was a bit dicey, we had our first golf trip to Williamsburg, Virginia, and I must say, I I walked away rather impressed. What uh, what was your thoughts right off the bat? I mean, it was a great uh, great weekend to uh, to have played golf, man. Um, you know, we got to see uh, a couple of really really great courses and. Um, 
you know, I, even though the best golf wasn't played, there was some highlights, right? And yeah, uh, yeah I was uh, I was pretty impressed all, all around. Good good time, good uh, good golf weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I you know I was really I have to admit it been like I was like twelve years old. I think the last time I had been to Williamsburg, so I really didn't know what to expect. I, I went to Bush Gardens. You know, I think you and I both went when we were in like grade school. Like we went to on yeah. a Bush Gardens trip or something like this. I I haven't been back since. I've been to Virginia Beach a, a few times, but never swung through. But what what were the first words out of my mouth when we got there that first night? You know what? I don't even remember because you were late and I was hungry. <laughs> but what were the first words out of your mouth? <laughs> yeah, I, as as to be expected, I was perpetually late. But it was not my fault. Uh, anybody that's driven through Washington, D.C. knows that Washington D.C. traffic is about as unpredictable as the freaking weather, so you yeah, can't. D.C. traffic's terrible. That it, it's the worst in the country. I, I'm going to get on my soapbox and and say that it's definitely the worst in the country. The only good trip to D.C. is a trip where I fly in and don't have to drive anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't have to fight the D.C. traffic. So Rich Rich got to come in, you know, through uh, West Virginia and Charlottesville. I, on the other hand, was coming down from Baltimore because I'd made a pit stop at work that day, um, and then had to head through the heart of dc traffic and uh yeah it was it was not good but i i will i will digress and and i will remind you the words that came out of my mouth as soon as i got there is dude this looked a lot like pinehurst like from the minute really does though yeah from the minute you roll into town like i'm looking around i'm like this looks like pinehurst Oh, it absolutely does. It, we we said that as we were going to the golf course both days. We're like, man, this really looks like the village of Pinehurst. It's it's got that small town feel, and and, and you know, with, without it being you know too outrageous, and, and everything's covered by trees, has a really southern feel. Man, it's it's just a it, it was a it, it was a great little town. Williamsburg is a great little town. Yeah, very, very quaint, historical town. So, again, it kind of has that historical colonial vibe that you get from Pinehurst. Um, it's it's hip and kind of up and coming. So, it's got a, you know, kind of got a younger vibe. William and Mary College is there, which I did not know. Um, not really for sure how I overlooked that one, but, you know, you, it is a college town. Um, but outside of that, a lot of really, really good golf to be had. So. Oh. Excellent golf. Yeah, let's let's get into the good part, man. Yeah, yeah. So so Rich and I were only there for a weekend. Uh, we had made you know made plans to go down, have a little early. Um, this was not Braggart's Cup material. We were both trying to shake the cobwebs off, and so we knew yeah. that going in, and we also knew we were going into playing some really really difficult courses. So the three courses that we had in our sights, we played Golden Horseshoe Gold Course. We played the green course, yep. and a little gem we're going to talk about later that is called Royal New Kent <laughs> uh, that we'll talk about with great discord. But nevertheless, two of the three... I've got some... <laughs> you, you got I've some got what? some thoughts. We'll just... I have some thoughts. Yeah, Invicta what? I definitely... <laughs> Invicta, Invicta this, but moving forward. Yep, so, so two of the three courses were actually listed in Golf Digest Top 100. So the Golden Horseshoe Gold Course and Royal New Kent are both Top 100 courses. Um, 
Golden Horseshoe Gold Course is one that I had had in my sights for a very long time now, and I will have to say um, it did not disappoint. So let's let's just start with day one, Rich. What, like, how would you summarize if you had to come up with a couple words? How would you summarize that first day at the Golden Horseshoe Golf Club? Well, if we're talking about the uh, the golf course itself, pristine comes to mind. Um, you know, I I'll, I'll speak on that first. You know, the that gold course was so well put together. They they took a lot of time to uh, you know the, these guys, and I'm sure Garen will go into it a little more. These guys paint their fairways whenever they're dormant with a uh, a uh, bio friendly green paint. So you know, all of of these Bermuda fairways were what looked to be greened up. Now they weren't. Um, and it, it was just, it was beautiful. It was as far as, you know, high end courses that I've been on, it's way up there, probably top five, top three for me. Um, Garen's been to a few more bucket list courses than I have, but it was, it was way up there. It was a beautiful track. Um, we couldn't have had a, a better host. We had a member play with us that day and, uh, good old Bob. Yeah. The, the, yeah, Bob was great, man. Bob was Bob was uh, a, you know a, a great host and a great guide around the course. Um, when we talk about the play, the play was uh, the word that I, that comes to my mind is frustrating. Aside from a couple <laughs> shots, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the course's fault. Totally ours. I uh, uh, no, you, you totally Bob, ours. Bob tried to do a pretty good job of giving us the lay of the land. It was nice, I will say, getting paired with him because he was, yeah, he was. You know, an older gentleman, definitely retired, and you could tell, you know, had, um, you know, this was this was a second course for him, but he knew the course like the back of his hand, gave us a lot of insights, and mm-hmm. so I can only imagine how much more horrendous it would have been without his help. But, uh, yeah, the course was definitely challenging, but like Rich said, I had never played on a course that had painted fairway. So when you're you're talking about next-level golf, so this this was like the epitome of it. It I've, it was the first time I'd ever played on anything like that for, was it for you? Oh, absolutely. So, so you hear rumblings that, that a, a lot of, uh, a lot of Augusta, um, they'll actually paint up for TV, uh, for the masters. And this is, this is apparently after doing a little research, this is the same paint that Augusta uses, um, on, you know, their brown spots to, to, to make the golf course look so pristine. And, and man, I'll tell you, it works. Whether it's, it's, it's translating through TV or whether you're on the course, um, the only way that you know that fairway is, is dormant grass is walking in it and hitting a, hitting a golf ball off of it. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a different experience, but, I, I mean, aesthetically, man, I, it, unbeatable, beautiful, beautiful golf course. Can't say enough amazing things this was uh folks this is this is one of those those golf courses where you go to the range and they've got pro v's ready for you um garen and i being the hacks we are uh definitely felt very out of place and very at home at the same time yeah yeah stick a few of them in your pocket romeo (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were uh it it was nice yeah you go to the driving range there's a stack of uh, a pyramid of of pro v1 practice balls it was uh next level and then just you know hands down a great uh, a clubhouse it was amazing but um yeah second just a on a whole other level of golf but you know I, I will have to chalk it up to you sir rich you uh you know i started off 
I started off pretty good. I had I felt like I was hitting driver pretty good to to start the day and had um you know had a pretty good round. But I can't remember was it the second hole that was that long par four or long par yep. five. There long par five down the hill number two. Yeah, there there was this long par five. I don't even I don't know what the yardage was, but all I know was it was long, and you had to probably carry. I'm gonna guess. I'm going to guess you had to probably carry about 270, 280 to to get to the crest of the hill. And, and mind you, where the fairways are dormant, you're you're going to get a lot of roll. Now, I will say that mm-hmm. Rich and I, we, we kind of caught this on a, it had rained a lot leading up to our trip. So the ground was a little yep. bit soft, but still, you're talking really firm fairways. But Rich... You know, he didn't didn't have a good drive off number one, um, but on the second hole he piped one right down the middle of the fairway, and this thing was killed. And I knew, like, I hit a pretty good drive. I think I probably carried about two fifty and rolled out to two eighty something like that. But Rich hits this drive, and he hit the hill just perfect, and this thing <laughs> rolled out and rolled down the all the way to the bottom of the hill and almost i'd say probably about 20 yards from the edge of a of a pond that you have to carry to get to the green you were setting what 100 out <laughs> uh yeah i hit gap wedge in and and flew the green with a gap wedge yeah you 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 destroyed that uh you destroyed that hole i i can't remember if you birdied or what you walked away with but um, that was an, that was probably the longest drive I've ever seen either of us hit. I would say with the rollout and everything that had to be close to, that had to be close to a, a 350, 375 yard drive. That was, that was crazy. Yeah, I think so. Well, Bob, Bob even said it's the longest drive he's ever seen hit, uh, at that course for as long as he'd been playing there. So <laughs> that made me feel pretty good. Unfortunately, yeah. I did walk away with par. I wasn't able to con- convert and, and make a birdie because I oh, did fly right. the green. Yep, it is right. Yep, had to had to chip up. Made par. I'm I'm happy with par, but uh, definitely should have seen birdie or eagle uh, being that close. Um, but walked away with a par and the longest drive that I will probably ever hit in my life. Yeah, we uh, there were, there weren't too many looks at birdies. These greens were just. Number one, even for them being dormant, they were immaculate. You could tell that they still were rolling them. They were still in great shape. Um, mm-hmm. But they were tumultuous, I, I will tell you. To say the least. To say the least, they were slick and they were undulated. Um, you know, had a hard I, – I honestly, I don't know about you, but I had a hard time reading those greens. Yeah. Uh, so having to take uh, – having to take – grain into account with everything you hit and you can't you know you've got a pretty much baby every putt that you hit um it it was it was a challenge to say the very least you couldn't get anything to stick either even though the greens were pretty receptive yeah no absolutely yeah the uh, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about golf wise neither one of us really put up uh you know any good numbers you know overall you know felt like it was a pretty good tune-up round on a very very difficult course and Mm -hmm. uh but we do have one clip here. I uh, Rich had just about all but checked out. 
he was he was ready to to call it quits and i don't even remember what the whole number is but there's there's a par three it's not the signature it's not the signature par three uh, but there's another par three where you have to carry water to this green and i believe that I can't remember. I think that I hit the green and you did not, but I still had a long ways yes. to go for my putt. I think it was a downhill putt. I had like a, a 30 footer or something like that, but Rich hit his tee shot left of the green and you were probably what, what would you say? 30 feet off the green, 20 feet. I was, th- yeah, I was probably 20 feet off the green. It was, it was a 50 foot putt if it wasn't a one foot putt. Yeah. So so Rich uh, pulls out a little bit of a miracle here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tee up. We do have audio. It's the only audio we took the whole week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've got some pretty cool audio teed up for a pretty amazing shot that Rich pulled off. So let's tee that up right now. Come on, Rich, be a number. Leaking a little, but dry. That'll play. Be a number. Be a number. Be something so good. Right at it. Oh boy. Chop shot. Is that pitching weight? Nine iron. Nine iron. So Rich is Texas wedging here, and he has let it be known that if he hits this one fat, I will walk off. He's walking off the course. And he's on the green, getting the hole, getting the hole, at a baby. Yes, sir. So. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably the highlight of the trip for the both of us. To be honest with you, I think that that shot was um, that brought you back to life at least to get you through the rest of that eighteen. It definitely got me through the rest of the eighteen. I, I thought that I'd had the highlight on number two hitting that drive, and uh, like you said, lo and behold, Drano, absolute <laughs> Drano. There's always from fifty feet. Yeah, there's always the one that brings you back. There's always the one. So that, that carried you through. Uh, we, we, we got through the 18 uh, on the gold course, uh, went and dropped some, some bank on some merch, and then yep. made our way over to the Golden Horseshoe Green course. So we decided we were going to try to pull 36 out in one day. Yep. And uh, got over there, and, you know, a lot of people had told us, oh, you know, the green course isn't as nice as the gold course. You know, they don't keep it up as nice. I, I will say the greens rolled a little bit slower. Um, they weren't as tumultuous. but no, over- they, were, they, were, they were a little more easy to navigate. Yeah, they, they, they weren't rolling a 15 on the stamp, that was for sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, they were a little bit more manageable. Um, they weren't as undulating. But at the same time, they were, um, you know, they 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 were pretty fair. But the fairways I thought were in just as good a shape as the Gold mm-hmm. Course, and I really really liked the layout of the Green Course because, you know, if you can imagine, um, you know, 
you've got tree line fairways on every hole. Just about every hole has has trees on both sides, but they kind of have these mounds built up on each side of the fairway that just kind of rolls down through there. So you've got a pretty good chance if you slice the ball a little bit or you hook it a little bit, um, you've got a pretty good chance that your ball's going to take a bounce off one of those and potentially yep. kick you back into the fairway. Absolutely. It was it was a really nice setup. Um, I, you know, we, we scrambled. Uh, neither of us hit the ball especially well. But uh, I'll tell you that, it, you know, I, I expected a lot less out of that course from, from what I had read and from what you had told me. I expected less out of it. It was still a really, really nice golf course. It was as nice as anything around, and I think we pay, played it for, what, like 38 bucks. Yeah, 38 <laughs> $39 for the replay rate. It was it was definitely a bargain for that, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely glad that we played that. I'm glad we didn't steer away from it just because the, uh, you know, just because of the reputation and everything. But, you know, I will say uh, you know, Sir Rich here kind of ran out of gas. He was getting pretty frustrated, and it was – we got to about the ninth hole, and uh, you pretty much had your implosion moment, and you're like, this is what, exactly why I told you I wanted to scramble the second nine. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's true, man. I, I, I was not, at the time, I wasn't in golf shape. I'd been hitting golf balls all winter in the uh, in the garage and, and just wasn't in golf shape yet. And uh, it was a, a lot of reps uh, at the same time, and things started to kind of go sideways. Plus, um you know that that day my turf interaction was not good. Um, Mine either, dug, really. Yeah, dug, dug the heel of the club into the ground a whole lot, and that was very frustrating. I frustrating to the point to where um, shout out to Jason Nickel uh, that I texted my coach on the back nine of the uh, of the second eighteen. I was like, "What the crap am I doing wrong? I can't keep the heel of the club out of the out of the turf," and uh, struggled the rest of the day. Yep, same same here. I'd texted my coach too, and uh, we were both scrambling to try to figure. And and mom wasn't as bad as yours. It seemed like that yours was the whole day. Oh yeah. Um, but mine, it seemed like it kind of came and and went, and it was more so on wedges for me, which is interesting because, you know, my coach had texted me. He's like, "Well, try this or try that." Um, but then it was it was so funny because the following week I had went for a lesson, and he was like. He said, yeah. He said, let me guess. He said, the majority of your shots were with your wedge, right? And I said, yep. He said, yep. yep. That's that's exactly where you'll run into that when you got wetter conditions, you know, that you're, you know, on those wedge shots where you're really trying to, you know, really trying to take a, you know, a steeper approach and get some spin on the ball. You're going to dig in a little bit more. So um, it was good to know that it, it wasn't just us because, uh, the following day, we, we had much better ground interaction at Royal New Kent, but uh, we had a whole other slew of, ch- of <laughs> challenges that we were faced with. Right, Rich? That's an <laughs> understatement. Uh, enter the <laughs> the Invicta Challenge. Yeah. So, uh, so oh, no. I had so to preface this, I had I had played Royal New Kent before so i have to go down to richmond a lot for work and i've i've personally played royal nuke a lot it's a really great track it is a very unique track in that if you've ever wanted to play irish links golf go play royal nuke in williamsburg virginia i promise you 
It will be an experience like you have never had before. It is a one-of-a-kind course that I have never seen anything like it in the eastern shoreboard of the U.S. at least. Maybe might be some out west with Bandon Dunes and some of those places, but um, there's nothing like this that I've seen on the East Coast. And it was, it, other than eating our lunch because of the setup that day, it was a, a very unique challenge um, just because it's so different. No, absolutely. Uh, I, so you, you mentioned Band and Dunes, and I, I think that's, you know, Royal New Kent's going to be the closest that you're going to get to abandoned Dunes on um, the the East Coast. Um, True Lynx set up. This was my first fray into, uh, into uh, Lynx Golf. It ate my lunch, to say the very <laughs> least. Um, on, it, 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 additionally, it ate my, like it ate my lunch, but additionally, it was cold and wet and rainy and windy. I mean, it was Lynx you, Golf. <laughs> you could, you could have literally sat us down in Ireland, and I would have been like, "Am I in Virginia or am I in Ireland? I don't know." Um, so it, it it was a bunch of fun though. The course is absolutely stunning. Um, so much uh, natural beauty out of it. So much, uh, you know, just they used the lay of the land to build this golf course so well. Uh, and, um, it showed they put a, they put a lot of pride into it. Check them out on Instagram. Uh, leave them a comment and tell them not to ever do the Invicta challenge again, which we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, after the turn, there was, there was a couple little highlights from, from us. So, you know, not so bad, but, uh, the front nine, the front nine, I got it. I, I got beaten down and, and left in a gutter. Yeah. So, the Invicta Challenge, for those of you who've never heard of it before, it is Royal New Kent's version of um, a Greenskeeper Revenge Challenge. And the two weeks prior to us going there, when I booked my tea time, nobody mentioned anything about an Invicta Challenge. Um, I was more worried about the weather than I was an Invicta Challenge, but facts. We uh, we roll up that morning and we go to pay and we go to check in and the the guy in the pro shop is like, you know, well, do you want to play an Iron Victor challenge? And I'm like, no, we just we just want to play golf. And he said, well, the pins are what the pins are, and it didn't really register to me at the time because I was just more like I wanted Rich to be able to play this course. He had never got to play it before, and I wanted him, you know, I wanted him to be able to to play this course because he never played Lynx golf either so um you know I, I just kind of passed it over didn't think nothing about it paid my greens fees rich paid his and and they also told us you know it comes with a free lunch so you know i'm all about and there was, some, and it was only like what a, a like a what was a 17 18 dollar difference between playing in the challenge and not playing in the challenge. Right. So, I mean, it was a no brainer. Your lunch was free and it, the lunch was delicious, by the way. Uh, shout out to their, uh, their pulled pork sandwich. Cause it was fire. It was <laughs> yeah. amazing. So, yeah, yeah. You got a good lunch with it. So it was, it was, it was a no brainer. Like you're going to pay $15 for lunch anyways, just sign up, do the challenge and be done with it. Um, but nothing could have prepared us for what laid in store. <laughs> this was the most ridiculous and absurd round of golf I have ever played in my life. It, 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 that, those are the two most vast understatements that you could say, and you can't say anything else. Like it, it's, it was 
it was dumb. Dumb is the the only thing that I can think of that does it any sort of justice. The the pin placements were unbelievable, completely where, unbelievable. Where there were pins, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we yeah we should probably go into that or or decoy pins. Yeah, yeah. So so the first hole wasn't too bad. So Rich and mm-hmm. I both you know we we kind of got out of there unscathed on the first hole. It, they they put the pin on number one on a little bit of a an awkward slope, but it wasn't like you know it wasn't like oh you know this is impossible. Like it was challenging, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I think we both walked out of there with a bogey, I believe, and felt pretty yeah. good about ourselves. Oh, absolutely. We were like, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this ain't too bad. And so then we go to number two, and kind of the same thing. Like you you know we got. You know, a little bit, I think you'd gotten in a little bit of trouble in the rough, but um, outside of that, like, it, it wasn't anything. I, I do remember hitting, I, I think I do have a video, I don't know if I could find it, but I've got a, we had a video of me, because it had just started to rain, and they had it on kind of a weird, it was like on a little ridge or something, but I played, it was almost like a 90 degree I had to chip it and let yeah. my ball check and then let it roll down like in a 90 degree fashion. And I, I can't remember how close I put it, but I think I put it like within three or four feet of the hole. Yeah. Great play. I mean, it, it, it there was, there was, there was a couple of those shots. Um, and, and you had, you had been there already. So you kind of knew how to traverse things. You knew how the greens were, were rolling to a, to at least an extent. Um, and, and you hit a great, you hit a great chip. So, um, kudos to you on that one yeah that was probably my only good shot of the day but (laughs) um we got through that one pretty unscathed i I didn't think that was too bad but then it had started to rain and we come to the number three par three and this par three i can't remember the yardage i think it plays roughly about 165 yards and yeah it it wasn't bad it was it was a seven iron in i think for the both of us yeah Uh, so it was 150 160 yards yeah something like that but i go to shoot it go to shoot the pin with my rangefinder, and i can't find the pin and and mind you this is lynx golf so there's like a huge mound right before the green and i thought well Maybe they've just got the pin so tucked up against the hillside you can't see it. So mm-hmm. we both hit our, our tee shots, and we go up to the green, of which is a really cool green because when you get there, there's like this really nice kind of little stone path that leads up to the green. It's very, yep. it's very Lynx-esque, like reminds you of something you would see in Ireland. But um, you get up to the green, and we look, and they had literally used a flag stick that was like 12 inches tall so you couldn't see the flag from the tee box because it was only 12 inches tall um Mm -hmm. and the pin placement wasn't so terrible but again like where we were at on the green was a tumultuous putt to get to that pin placement so um you know that was a terrible hole and it just kind of started to perpetuate. It's like they started just slow, and then they just gradually started throwing you crap. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, there there were there were a couple that uh, the one that that really got to me was the uh, was the decoy pin. So a few holes later, uh, it was a par four. Uh, it, it, the hole itself was shaped kind of like a backwards S, which is weird. 
uh, so, so it dog-legged right, and then it dog-legged back left between two mounds to get to the green. And I had hit a good drive. Um, I think I took less than driver there, didn't I? I'm pretty uh, yeah, sure I did. I think we both hit hybrids off a of tee. I, I'm pretty sure we did. So hit a, hit a good drive, rolled into a little pot bunker, which, you know, wasn't really a huge deal. I was able to get out. Um, but they had what looked like a flag stick stuck on the very, very left-hand side of the green. And I'm like, okay, I can go for that. I've got room to do it. I cleared it, too. If you remember, I, I landed just short of the green. Um, cleared the mound onto the left side of the green, and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a chip and a putt. I'm, I'm walking out of here with bogey at worst. Well, we get up there, and you look to the far right-hand side of the green because this is a very skinny and long green. Um, basically the, the left, the left side of the green and the right side of the green sit hidden behind those two mounds. And then you can see through the mounds to, to the middle of the green. Well, the very right, uh, side of the green had another one of those 12 inch flag sticks where the actual hole was. So I ended up taking a, like a double or triple on that hole, um, mm-hmm. because getting up there from the other side of the green was impossible. Yeah, it was that was that was a little bit of crap, but uh, you know that one wasn't. I can I can deal with the decoy pin, but the the one that got me was the par three where they put the the cup literally. So there, this green had a oh, it had like an upper tier and a and a lower tier, and on the upper but, tier. Well, before before you get in, before you get into this, let me remind you that this is a two hundred yard par three. Yes. Yeah. So it's already a difficult par three as it is, and you have to carry it like a like a valley uh, of like gorse. heather, I guess. I, yeah, it's gorse, and, and luckily it hadn't grown in because Garen and I most both missed the green to the right, um, and ended up having to chip back up. But I'll I'll let you go from there. But but remind you folks, this is a two hundred yard par three. I had actually forgot about that part. But yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah, it was a 200-yard carry. And no matter how you hit it, uh, if you, as firm as they were, you probably weren't holding the green anyways. But no. they they put the pin. So on the upper end of this green, there was like this slope that kind of rolled up. And, and under normal conditions, I'm assuming the way that you would normally play that hole would be, you know, the pin's probably in the middle of the green. Your best play is to aim towards that back right-hand corner of the green where you have this upslope and yeah, play, you backstop. Yeah, play for the backstop and try to get your ball to check and come back. And that's where they put the pin was at the top of that backstop. But at the top of that backstop, there's a ridge, like a spine that comes down. They put the cup on that spine to the point where the hole wasn't even like a flat hole. Like when you looked at the hole, it was like a U. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was like a C. It it, it was the most absurd thing. And I had, I had at first thought like, you know, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a way to get this in. And me and Rich, Rich, I don't know how many you you finally tapped out at like eight eight or nine strokes, but I was determined that I was not leaving that green until I hold out. 
And I think I finally gave up at 16 putts. And the and the mind you, the ball still hadn't hit the bottom of the cup. No. The only reason that I tapped in after eight or nine is because I hit it past the cup and it somehow, by the grace of God, stopped and I was able to tap it in. Yeah. Back downhill. But going uphill, you could you'd get it up to the cup and it would either dart left or right, or if you were short, it was coming right back down to your feet and you'd have another twenty five foot putt. Yeah. It was there's there's no way possible that anybody actually hold out on that hole the whole day so to to kind of to kind of be spiteful and and royal new kent if you're listening um you can come and chase us down if you would like but uh out of spite we both marked three on the scorecard for that hole just to send a message (laughs) absolutely absolutely you know and you know what so I somehow by the so they have a, a weird way of scoring, and I think we'll talk about Callaway scoring in another episode. But they had a they had a very uh, you know kind of off the wall um, method of scoring and handicapping people, and I ended up finishing in the top fourteen. I uh, finished fourteenth in the tournament um, with like an adjusted seventy seven. Yeah. Um, and shoot, I probably shot ninety eight. <laughs> No, no, no. I shot 103. You shot 104. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. 103, 104. Yeah. So triple digits, kids. See how much I've put that out of my head? Yeah, and that's... Um, and that's Triple with, digits, kids. And that's with fudging a, a three on the scorecard for that par three. <laughs> yeah, and, and, a, and a birdie on a par five for me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was... I'm uh, proud of that birdie, by the way. Yeah, yeah well, that was a nice birdie. That was uh, the probably the highlight of of both of our days was seeing that that drop in for you and and that was towards the end yep. of the round of which I had, folks. It takes a lot to get me to check out. Uh, Rich can attest to that. Checked. Like I I can endure, yep. I can endure some stuff on a golf course. Like it it doesn't typically I don't get rattled, but I was completely checked out. Like I just completely done. I I had pretty much shut down for the day i was i was ready for beer 30 <laughs> yeah well and we we both were uh that was that was uh i i seem to have on all three courses at least one shot that brought me back from the dead and that par five was it on the back nine for me um hit a good drive hit a um and then the second shot you know, at this point, I knew I was I was going to be scoring high anyway. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm just going to have some fun. I'm going to go for this. And Garen was like, you're going to go for that? And I was like, absolutely. Um, hit a hybrid, carried water, um, hit it to the uh, the left-hand side of the green. And they had, yet again, they had the uh, the pin somehow tucked up on the top of the top of the back of the green on a slope. And I hit a heck of a, uh, a lag putt up to about 18 inches and was able to tap in for birdie. Um, that was that was literally the only highlight that I had. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good hole. I was I was uh, pretty impressed. You had a had enough fuel in the tank to pull that one off. But uh, you also had you had the other hole. Let's not forget the other par three, um, in which yeah you had the uh, closest to the hole. So that was a uh, that was the little feather in the cap, which you had. This was a, a very, I don't remember what the yardage was. It wasn't terrible. It was probably like 150 yards, but it was a. Yeah, it wasn't bad. 
if you can imagine a figure eight green in which the center part of the green of the figure eight was squeezed in to like this green was only like I'm going to guess somewhere around like eight feet wide at that point in the green. Five pa- five paces max. Yeah, with with a bunker on either side of the green. So if you're long, yep. you're you're going in the bunker. If you're short, you're going to bunker. But the pin was right in the middle of the green at that point. So there's there's no way that you're getting anywhere close to the pin. You're you're going to have to get as close as you can either on the left hand side or the right hand side of the green, and tell them what you did, sir, Rich. Yeah, yeah, hit a hit a nice little seven iron, uh, nice little smooth seven iron, and uh, checked and landed probably. Would you say, fourteen, fifteen feet from the pin? Yeah, I was. I would. I'd have. I think I was about fifteen feet somewhere around there. Which, at the time, Rich was like, you know, well, I'll mark it. I was like, is there any names at all on that on that stick? And he was like, no, nobody's. It looks like nobody's even hit the green. I said, well. Put that down there. I said, I, I guarantee you that that'll hold up. I said, that is a tough, tough pin placement, and that's about as close as you're going to get. And I think it was Monday. Uh, we got we we left on Saturday, or we left on Sunday, and I think Monday afternoon you got the phone call that it held up, didn't you? Yep, absolutely. They were uh, they were very gracious and very nice, and uh, sent me a an Invicta uh, polo to remind me of how much I got my you know what kicked. Yeah, I refused to buy anything in the pro shop because everything had Invicta on it, and I refused to buy anything up there. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, you know, really, really great weekend of golf, uh, regardless of the score. Had a great time. We got to do, you know, we got to we got to go out and kind of start the season off for for the both of us, and and uh, some some much needed relaxation for the both of us too. So uh, I couldn't I couldn't have had a better time. No, absolutely, and and you know it's if you're ever looking for a, a golf trip idea, f- folks, I would highly recommend it. Keep in mind you're also only like 50 minutes from Virginia Beach, so if you hit the traffic just right going through the Virginia Beach Tunnel, um, we we got down there in no time. It was actually it was very easy to get down. Everybody had told us we would hit traffic, but we I think we made it down there in about 45 minutes at the rate that Richard drives. And uh, went down, had some uh, <laughs> had some good brews and food at uh, Loggerheads on the beach down in Virginia Beach. Had a real good evening down there, and uh, that was kind of the icing on the cake for the uh, end of the golf trip. Absolutely, I I, I love it. Uh, you know, had a had a heck of a trip, and uh, you know, I, I I'm looking forward to doing something very similar at the beginning of the season next year. I think this this will have to be an every year thing for us. Hey, I'm down. Well, folks, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the recap of our trip down to Williamsburg. And again, if you're looking for a golf destination, I would highly recommend putting Williamsburg on your list. On top of the Golden Horseshoe courses and the Royal New Kent, there's a slew of other top-rated golf courses. Kingsmill Resort, which is also rated in Golf Digest Top 100, has multiple courses on location. However, it is a resort location. You do have to stay at the resort to be able to play there but some excellent golf to be had there. There's also Williamsburg National, which is a a highly touted uh, course. You got Colonial Heritage and a slew of others. The list just continues to go on. And if you get bored there, you're close to Virginia Beach and you're also close to Richmond. So plenty of golf options to keep you occupied. 
With that being said, though, you might recall Sir Rich mentioned something about a Callaway scoring system. I wanted to touch on that real quick before we log off today. The Callaway scoring system was something I had never even heard of. And to be clear, it is not owned by Callaway, the golf company. There's a gentleman by the last name of Callaway back in the 50s that invented this scoring system. And essentially what the scoring system does is that instead of using handicaps, it actually uses what the person scores and uses that to actually take away some of the player's worst holes based on how bad they scored. I'm not going to get into too much of the details about how it actually functions, but you can go to the Pittsburgh Golf Hack blog and you'll see that I've put up a blog post with a little bit more detail on how that Callaway scoring system works. But what I will tell you about it is I found it very interesting that this scoring system would allow complete strangers that had no handicaps whatsoever to go out and play around against each other and the Callaway scoring system would actually bring the net scores within somewhere around the neighborhood of anywhere from five to seven strokes of each other. So it's a rather interesting take on being able to play some group golf. It eliminates the possibility of someone sandbagging and overall it's just a really cool scoring system that again I had never heard of. So again go to the Pittsburgh Golf Hack website again Excited to announce that we have a domain that's pghgolfhack.com. But go on there, check out the Pittsburgh Golf Hack blog, and there you will see a little bit more details on the Callaway scoring system. With all that being said, folks, till the next time, yins get out there and hit them straight and keep on hacking. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. If you like the Pittsburgh Golf Hack Podcast, make sure that you follow and subscribe. That way you'll be in the know anytime any episodes are released. You can also follow the Pittsburgh Golf Hack on Facebook and under the YouTube channel under the Pittsburgh Golf Hack name. You can also follow on Instagram and Twitter at Hack. Credits for the show and any other shenanigans you want to know about this podcast are in the show notes. And make sure that you tune in for the next episode. I got more stuff coming your way soon.